calling this a public, uh, a shambles of a league, I can't accept that as a League of Ireland man. So. Uh, this isn't a public and I won't have anyone disrespecting League of Ireland, it's, it's too important. Vinny the, the other manager? Vinny. Vinny Perth, yeah. Defend, the defend the league till the last, whether you're manager here or whether you're back in all the high. But when the league is, is being criticised like that, I, I feel it's important we defend it. Mm. Vinny there, the other manager. Vinny. Vinny Perth, yeah. He's gotta be sure and he's gotta be soon and he's gotta be larger than life. Larger than life. Welcome to Tales of Eastland, episode 131. And it's me, Gary P, and of course the Prof Car Riley. Howdy. Uh, Ocean Electrical. They're bleeding. Brilliant. So you keep saying. Yeah. I so agree with you. We can, uh, we can keep plugging them because they are fantastic. They do great things. With wires and electrical things, and they really are a good company. We too. don't fully understand them, but they do great things. <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. So if you really, really do want to get anything done, electrical, uh, maintenance, anything like that, get in touch, Google them, or get in touch with us, and we will steer you in the right direction. So the aftermath of the game in Richmond Prof, we're going to talk about St. Pat's game and preview Shelbourne on Friday, and the team of Rovers and Shells. We've got an interview with League of Ireland legend Tony Sheridan who played with both clubs, and of course, he is from the hotbed of talent. Where else? That is Dublin 12. Crumlin to be intact, not Drimna. For all you Drimna, Crumlin wannabes who think you can live off of our fame. So, uh, the Legacy Retro jersey is in stock at the club mega store and ready for you to buy. Prices from 25 to 30 quid, kids to adults, and this is the one with the trim on the neck, isn't it? The one with the white trim. Very, very snazzy, in my opinion. It has divided opinion, but I think it is a very nice one. It's got the kind of classic old retro look to it. So that is a legacy retro jersey, and it's available now, so check it out. Uh, orders for pre-match delivery of this week's home match program close at midnight on Tuesday, so hopefully you got it in time. Uh, you can still buy or buy this season's programs in a bundle for €47. I can buy them individually, am I right? Yep, sorry. And still a fantastic uh, addition to any program collection and it is uh carl's very own article tales from the east and is in it as well yeah fantastic we name we get our own, our own spot every week yeah support the program if you can because a huge amount of work goes into it and uh if you did manage to order in time and post is getting ready to deliver to your front door right now the frontline prof, workers the prof has got his bike ready he's got his leather chaps on and he's oiled up ready to deliver your programs so it's uh yeah forty seven quid it's a it's a steal really when you think about the service that you're getting all of seven programs physical and real delivered to your house for fifty quid less that's it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing when you think about it and it's a fantastic publication so get get yourself stuck into that 
moving on to the reaction from last week's show with Emma Wheatley tweeting us really enjoying Sean Boyd's interview with Tales from the East End especially reliving that famous Boa's goal and win looking forward to seeing his return so just don't score against us and there was some confusion as well because they thought he signed for Boa's but uh, really, I, I really enjoyed Sean I thought he was fantastic who thought he signed for Boa's? I think uh, I think because she said just don't score against us I think one or two fans on Emma's timeline was like oh, oh yeah he signed for balls but it wasn't the case but Sean was really good and a spike in listens so I reckon he yeah. listened to it possibly about 300 times either that or we, we owe Sean a point or something because he's after spiking our listenership so uh, the big man and it was great to catch up with him and he's he's running now I think I saw him I think it was Twitter I saw him on Twitter and he is running he's uh, picking up some pace and kicking a ball so the sooner he's back the better he was at the the past game as well. Someone said I tried to stitch him up with the Brennan's question, but you, you said you liked it. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Now he was very diplomatic and he wrote it out well. But uh I think I think you wanna be getting a Mark Kenny in with a few gargles in him. <laughs> or a Tony O'Dowd in with a few gargles yeah. in him to answer that question. I was listening to an interview I remember with uh, our old pal Stone Cold Steve Austin before, a couple of years ago. Be Fan he- of the show, by the way. Oh yeah, he listens. But he does his own podcast as well. So the listener who was, uh, or sorry, the interviewer who was talking to Austin, he was talking to him about Austin's technique when he's a host. And he agreed with him. He said, every now and then, you hit him with a 10. Love that. Hit goes, him with a 10. Build him up. Yeah. So, little boring question here and there. It's like One, you can't, two, three, you, boom, hit him with a 10. You can't start with a 10. No. Like you say, you got to warm up and then bam. He asked that tasty question, and then because he's you're lulling them yeah. in, because yeah. Boydie was thinking this is grand, handy number, and then boom, <laughs> yeah. Do you hate the Brennans? And then relax for a while, then we'll calm down. Did you see the service that this website is providing called Irishify? How do you pronounce that? Irishify or Irishify? Irishify. Irishify, isn't it? Where you can Tempere. pay twenty five <laughs> twenty five euro. To get a personalised message from Killian Brennan. Oh, right, yeah, I saw that. What the fuck is that about? There's a good few of them. There's loads of Irish people on it. That's, but who would waste their money on something like that? It sounds very cringy. It's I, nuts. I, I want to see it, actually. I'm, I'm morbidly curious. Yeah, check it out. There's some interesting ones on it. In the other interview we had last week, uh, you heard Sean Keddy say he was worried that his uh, women's under-17 game wouldn't go ahead. And sadly, he was right. So the girls are still waiting for their seasons to start. That was called up because Atlone had a number of players from Offaly who were in lockdown. Oh, no, I don't believe you. Yeah. But once again, Prof, we have done it again. Sean Kelly arrived on the Tifty show and then he scaled the heights and he was interviewed by the main club in Dublin, Shamrock Rovers, straight after that. We just keep propelling these people onto a new platform. Oh, that was actually me. That, I know, Prof, but you were ch- acting as the club. You were <laughs> acting in an official capacity as the club. Right. And the club as a whole realised that this is a hot topic. Normally I'm on barbature or hyperbole, but in this case, that was just a transcript of our interview. Shh, you <laughs> fucking ruined the Prof. <laughs> right, let's go. We'll move on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was Boydie and uh, Sean Kelly, of course, our last week guests. They were really interesting. And our 100 special was a year ago last Thursday. When I was found on the kitchen floor, my shocked wife, who thought I was dead, 
And I blame the four provinces if they're listening. The IPA. I blame the Piper. Didn't pay the Piper. I'm blaming the Piper. And uh, Jeez, that stuff was They're still our good buddies, yeah. They're, they have a couple of new beers out actually as well. Give them a quick plug. Check out their new beers. Um, saw James Lowe put a picture of us uh, all in front of his flag. The one that we rescued from, from Bergen. And he, he begged me that night to bring to bring the flag home with me. He's like, Carol, Carol, please, you take it. I'm going to lose it again. Banjoed. Gar, 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 please take the flag. Please take the flag. <laughs> I was twice as bad. And I'm, I'm like, you want me to take the flag? <laughs> no. Carl, take the flag. You live yeah. 100 metres from the pub. I was by no means sober that night. Yeah. Either, but, uh, I think it was going to last... Go, I think, where, where, where did we go after? It went to the forge, I think. But 100 yards, I'd rather take a chance on the flag being 100 yards away from the pub than coming with us to the yeah. forge. That was the advantage. It was only like, just had to stumble my way to my gaff. It only took an hour. <laughs> <laughs> also famous for our John Delaney appearance. The yeah, four John finally turned up and uh, fireworks, to say the least. Do you know how it makes me laugh when I think back? It was just, there was loads of great lines from it, but... The, that always makes me smile as uh, he was talking about the FAI hack. Hmm. Remember the FAI did yeah. their website or something was hacked at the time? And uh, our John Delaney actor goes, uh, goes oh, the thing you're always worried about is, is the nudes. The nudes? <laughs> <laughs> he, got the, he got the accent bang on as well. And then you asked him, I was like, now whose nudes are these? And he goes, oh, oh, oh all John Delaney. Yeah. And a couple of Liam Brady's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big shout out to our... Uh, ever talented um, John Delaney actor who will go nameless if you're a new listener I definitely recommend that Tifty's 100 because uh, Mario and Pat Flynn they were a great crack yeah, together yeah brilliant brilliant uh, combo tag team champs then you had lots of great guests you had Joe's Mick McCarthy so the, I loved the atmosphere because this was in the top floor of the four provinces and the sound was really good Yeah, and it just soaked up because there was so much carpet such an old school pub there's carpet there's just uh, loads of stuff to soak up the sound and every so often you'd have Mick McCarthy chiming in with a comment you could hear it crystal clear it was yeah. funny it was perfect you'd John Connolly and all of our all the fans who really support us and uh, yeah no it was, it was great so check listen try, four provinces check them out they're, um, they're, they're doing deliveries they're doing deliveries to the door check them out and give them a hand through Covid because they're really struggling it was the venture that they went with in the last maybe year or so to, to take over the old blacker Black Horse in, and um, unfortunately, the life has changed drastically. So try and support them all you can with some fantastic beers. Yeah, I'd say that was our best live show. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. I mean, it wasn't as wild as the first one. Like that was just crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, we actually yeah, because we got so much drink and so much food, and then it was just we prizes we had everything it was just one of these things where we just went and said let's fuck it go let's go for it and it just went downhill rapidly <laughs> rapidly banjo isn't the word uh. but these are all things that we're going to be planning on doing again we will be visiting the four provinces for another live show we've got loads planned so you will have to keep your ear to the ground first points dropped prof for the first time this season nil all draw in Inchicore Buses parked everywhere. Two changes for the team. Faruja came in for Lafferty and Bork came in for Watts. So, uh, Prof, you got to this one. I did. I was there on media duty. Girl. Ah, yeah. Media yeah. duty. <laughs> media pass wanker. Did you hear that, Mick McCarty? <laughs> so, Prof, tell us um, 
was it as soulless as I expected? Well, as, as expected, it's, it's an empty Risham Park, so it's kind of eerie. There's nothing new there, really, is there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very shout out to Coleman, the media officer. Uh, he's a gent. And uh, I can safely say it's the first time my name has ever been put on a seat at a football ground. Ah, oh, tell me you got a picture. I did, yeah. That has to be the, the. That has to be the. That was definitely a first. Also, put up a picture of Cam Murphy because he was sitting beside me, or at least a few several seats well, away. From two me. meters. Yeah. He was sitting there waiting for kickoff, headphones on, listening to this podcast. Ah, <laughs> brilliant! Yeah, brilliant. Big fan of Con's commentary as yeah. well. The most professional man in sports, I think, when especially when commentating on Rovers and when Rovers concede screamers. So, yeah. big shout out to him for that. It's something that I could not do. And he does the Portuguese one as well, which I'm a fan of. So, Just, yeah. on, just on the teams, Joey O'Brien uh, shaved his head. Saw that, yeah. yeah. It was a bit of a shock to the system, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And you, you predicted last week that they would mirror us in their formation, and they pretty much did. Like Both mm. teams lined up with a high three-man defensive line, so it was, it was quite similar, wasn't it? So Joey cannot be... So now Joey can no longer be played by Antonio Banderas in our movie, in our Rovers movie. I think we oh, decided no, him, yeah, We're going to have to find a shaven-headed stud now. So, But it's all right, once you... Because we were planning this, I think, I was, we're going we're gonna to do a live show with uh, was it Stephen Jones. Yeah. And we're going to put the pictures up side by side. So, like, this player will be played by this actor. So, as long as the picture we use is accurate, you can have hair back then. You know, <laughs> yeah. We can, uh, yeah. We can trick them into it. So, uh, you had Duffer in front of me, Gare. Did you, yeah? I did, yeah. You and Duff, yeah? Just having the chats, were you? No. Absolutely not, Gare. I hope you blanked them, probably. Because I, I want to keep my 100% record intact of never embarrassing myself <laughs> with Duffer. I got a hat trick, yeah. so I do, I've done enough for the boat. See, the trick is to never say a word to him, ever. <laughs> Don't even make eye contact. Yeah. Uh, ran into Conor Kearns afterwards. He said he, he hadn't listened to last week's show. Oh, and I said, maybe give it a miss mm. or just fast forward. Terrible show. Just Terrible show. I could give him timestamps mm. and he could maybe skip one minute <laughs> of it or something. Oh no, give that one a miss. Yeah. We screwed that one up. Do you notice the shed has gone all together now? Gone, yeah, totally. Do you not, remember not we just, broke that? Just the roof. It's we gone. broke that story and Paul O'Hare. Paul O'Hare, wasn't it? Oh, I think it was, yeah, he yeah. Took it, plagiarised us, <laughs> took our story and ran with it, posted it in the paper. Should have said we Still haven't credit. got any royalties. Not even a free newspaper album. Shocking paper. Last time I invited him into Prof's Lair. <laughs> yeah, Prof's Lair, yeah. Tell you what, that could have went south easy. You could have been in the trap door. <laughs> you had uh, you had eight or, eight or nine fans standing up in the houses. Oh yeah, did you see them, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I heard some of them were moved along, is that right? Did you see the police or the guards knocking on anybody? Uh, Telling them to move away? No, I didn't know that. Because when, when you're up at the back, you can't really, you can't really see them with the roof. Down and tell me place. this was there any grub no was there refreshments was there tea there might have been tea but I didn't get any to look for any myself but uh, in an in an intimate or ground like Richmond you can this is where you can really hear the players talking to each other I heard Joey was just screaming one of the lads in work because Pat's guy he was there and he said uh, he said does Joey play football I was like, yeah, Joe, Joey plays. What kind of question is that? He goes, because he does a lot of screaming. <laughs> oh, he talks more than anyone else by far. Brilliant, I love that. But uh, 
you could really like like Joey's talking to or Joey's talking to everyone in front of him alongside him Manus is shouting Pico is shouting Greener is shouting back what they should do to to like Jack Byrne like that the, aspect of it now I'm really interested in now now yeah. that now I know I said I wasn't really mad about lack of fans and stuff like that that's something I can get on board with mm-hmm. it's the personal intimate aspect of it but you know you can, atmosphere yeah. is everything as well you hear everything Brazzer is saying as well so you can see the standards they're setting for themselves are so high the way they push each other every minute of the game it's its a sight to behold and you can see why we're on this run did Brazzer say keep it tight or the old classic put it in the channels no any, I didn't hear any of that <laughs> any of those no the most noble one came from Stevie O'Donnell and that was embrace the work really love the work that's a weird one isn't it yeah embrace the work yeah love the work that was okay. after it went down to 10 men Okay, I can get, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so the first half chances for Green and Borky early on. Green was drawn in and it was slightly wide on the left. But uh, I would have liked to have seen him hit the target. It's kind of cross come shot. Just the one where he overran the ball a bit. Slightly, yeah, and it mm. went across the goal. Didn't really trouble anybody. I would have liked to have seen him test the keeper. Um, Borky shot. This was right a, down the throat. This was Clark. a great true ball yeah. by, by Jack Byrne. Any other day, Borky could have buried this in the top corner, so it was unfortunate, really. He had a chance with Grace with a header as well, which he had a connection to, just mm-hmm. bounced wide as well. So we had a couple of chances in the first 20 minutes, and we were actually, this first 15 minutes, shredding them. Probably some of our best football we've played mm. all year. We were brilliant yeah. in that 15 minutes. Like our quality on the ball. Really did shred them in the first Excellent. half. I thought Frugia, Frugia divided opinions on Frugia in this game. I thought Frugia did well considering that the pitch is kind of tighter and smaller in Richmond. I thought he was he was good and he was an outlet. If, obviously he can improve and he's not the finished article yet but I think he'll be a big player if he does get the time. This is, this is one of the games where he might be putting your hair up. Yeah. Because, I mean... If you look at his age and look at everything else he's bringing to the game, he's a really good player and he's going to be a big asset to us. Yeah. But this is just one of those games where the final ball let him down every time. But then you think maybe like give him another chance in Tada. Big, on Friday. big pitch, Bigger getting pitch. into good positions like yeah. that. Yeah, all day. I'll be all over that. Uh, did you hear Johnny McDonald on the RTE podcast? He's saying this, this myth of. Uh, Richmond Park being tighter is it an optical illusion. I think so. Because he says the dimensions are the exact same. Maybe it's the pitch, may or maybe it's the it's the stand around it and the apartments maybe or the comac yeah. and the fence. Maybe it's something like that. It could be an optical illusion. He does have. A, he might have a point there. I have to get the ruler out. But every time I saw Farouz, you get the ball on the wing. It just it just seemed like there was less place to go. It's no, yeah, it's nowhere near as big as Halloween. Not for a fact. Mm. But there's a couple of feet in it. There has to be. Mm. Also seemed like he ran out of steam towards the end. Like a few times, he tried to pu- push the ball ahead of him, and he seemed to run out of breath. So I thought maybe he was going to be one of the subs. Pulled he was at getting the end. a bit leggy, was he? Yeah, but uh, no, I, I think people are being a bit too harsh on him. Yeah, he, the, the final ball was annoying that night, but Jack had a shot saved as well. He had a few off target throughout the game, but like in Derry, he was a bit off colour, wasn't he? Mm. Berkey didn't have a great game either. No. It's um, it's. I think that's what happens when one team sets out 
with 10 men behind the ball, even when they have 11. Um, Anti-football, you could say. So it, it's it's. I think when teams sit back like that, we struggle to break them down at times. We can become ponderous and laboured, you could say, in the middle of the park. And mm-hmm. uh, when teams sit back like that and try and hit us on the break, it's probably something that we struggle with. So Stephen Kenny has been to all three of our games so far, presumably know, yeah. to watch Jack. We might have him in mind for uh, the playoff or even the, the Nations League. But uh, he's not been great in two of them, has he? No, but um, you can see what he can bring to to a, a squad like that. It's mm. next game's big. We got shells at home, big pitch. I've seen shells play three times on the Watch LOI streams, and I'm not impressed at all. I don't think anybody is. I don't. I think they're they're awful to watch. They really are. They're a struggling team with like uh, how does Dan Bourne wouldn't get a game for the Ivy? Honestly, I don't know how he still plays football. It's just one of those opinions, isn't it? But I just think he's terrible. And we can get in there, get stuck in, and just play our usual game. Well, Jack absolutely ran the show for a half against Harps. So if you can turn that on again. Yeah. He'll have uh, Mr. Deegan in the middle of the park nipping at his heels and booting him for 90 minutes. So it's going to be... Deegan versus Gary O'Neill. Deegan versus Gary O'Neill. It's going to be a very interesting battle of the midfielders in there. We're going to have... Who else? Who else have we got in there? Got Killer Kilduff. Kieran Kilduff will be back. Lukey Bourne again will return. And uh, Green will be battling with him. But we'll move on to the second half, Rob. A uh, couple of minutes in, we'd Shane Griffin sent off. Uh, a few minutes into the second half, and a second yellow for his tackle on Gary O'Neill. Uh, a lot of people saying it was soft, but he committed to a two foot tackle, then slightly pulled out. That's what I thought. Two feet were shown. Went in, and he hit a player with his two feet, so ultimately it's a record. That's in my opinion, anyway. But it was was it a straight red, or was it just he just gave him a second? Uh, yellow, he gave him a second yellow, but yeah. it could have been a straight red easily. So mm. you could Does hear not- you could hear Joey get on the ref straight away. It was, yeah, like, yeah. It was like the red card. <laughs> it's the red card. <laughs> yeah. What is he? A, is he a Looney Tunes character? <laughs> uh, so that was uh, the start. When when we when we knew about that, we just thought to ourselves, "Lovely." This is gonna. This is gonna. We can kick on now. Actually, funny enough, Pat's had their best spell of possession right after this. Yeah, it's mad how that works, isn't it? It's weird. We thought we were gonna kick on and and start to dominate, but it was. Well, we did, but I mean, just for that first five minutes after. So we, we struggled, to say the least. We were pretty. We were camped out in their half. From then onwards, I mean, we laid siege with our goal. We had Grace. I think you said that was Grace when you were talking. I think it might have been the second half. His, uh, it was into the shot. shed was, was it? yeah it was into the shed he must have happened in the second half too he had a shot Farouj had a shot and goal if you look at the stats 20 shots to 1 5 to 1 on target mm. corners 11 to 1 it was actually a barrage of corners at the end I've never seen so many in a row in one a shot on goal they had yeah one shot on goal and Manus, uh, Manus could have just had a nap the the fortress that supposedly is Richmond Park Getting dominated, twenty five percent possession. So much, for, so much for Dundalk's Georgie Kelly plan. I know, yeah, that didn't uh, materialise at all, did it? Well, they did take points off us, so technically, I suppose it worked, but not really any thanks to his goal scoring exploits. But uh, yeah, there was like there was a lot of half chances in the second half. There was a lot of balls whipped in. There was a lot of blocks and all that, but not a whole lot clear cut. No, there wasn't. There wasn't anything like that. And I don't put it this way. Did Clark 
have to do much. Oh, you're still a man of the match, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> Brennan Clark must be man of the match every Robbers game. Yeah. We know that. So that was pretty much it. Um, towards the end of the half, or towards the end of the game, we kind of upped it again, but it just wasn't to be. The, that's what happens when you're dealing with banks of four and four mm. and banks of five, even, you could say. They defended well. Yeah. And like they were compact and they were, were, we weren't getting through them. Like it just it wasn't happening. We could have been there, still there now, and we we wouldn't have scored. No, don't but, uh, yeah, <laughs> still there now. Yeah, that's it. Speaking so, of uh, Stephen O'Donnell and his embrace the work, he's wearing a peach jumper. Okay. Peach. Yep. Oh, did it bring out uh, bring out the colour in his eyes, bro? <laughs> he got sent to the stands late on, presumably for the jumper. Yeah, Revs like I've had enough. <laughs> like, yeah. I've had enough of this. Glocken actually it pains me to say he had a good game. Am I the only one who thinks he was one of the better refs before his debacle in Tala? Yes, he was one of the one of the better refs. I think. I whenever we had him, I just thought mm, it's not bad. We can deal with that. I think uh, now you get the fear every time he's, you see his name down for one of our games. So. Love this quote from uh, Gar Brennan. O'Donnell looks like someone who should be scabbing smokes in the in the smoking area of coppers. Best quote ever. You can only imagine him. Scruffy meldy heading him. Robbing points on the sly. Going into the beer garden. Rooting around in the ashtrays. Looking for half a smoke. Yeah, we'll have that. Smoking them. Drinking all the meldy points that people leave behind. Having the time of his life. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about other results now. Anything else we want to add to this, really, with the Richmond nil-all draw? Disappointing. We were going to drop points, but put it this way: I think the famous Jason Maloney, literary genius, said that if we had taken four points two games ago, he'd be happy enough. So he mm. does have a point, and it's something I always say: is that I'd never take a draw beforehand. But if you look at it in the grander scheme of things, it is—it's a good haul of points, do you know. So think of it like that. Another positive was uh, Reese Marshall. He was definitely the standout performer from our five subs. Yep. He was very good in the right wing. Uh, we made we actually made three subs at once in the 75th minute. Are you sure we won't talk about subs here, Paul? Yeah, just an all last week I was wrong last week about only having three opportunities to make five subs. You can make three as well as halftime. Free subs, as they say, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. And we'd seen other clubs do that, so it happened a few times. Gaffney as well. I love, I love Gaffney's crosses from the edge of the box. Every single time he whips one in from there, the big, big long finger. It's like on the money. Yeah. Every time, you'd be tempted to leave him out there. Mm, that's a that's a, it's a brave one, Prof. I'm just saying you'd be tempted. So yeah, pretty much it for Richmond Park, and um, I think the bus is still parked there. With uh, Pats fans and coaches saying that it was a accomplished performance. So, yeah, enough enough said about that. We can move on and we can talk about other results. We Dundalk 2, Waterford 2 and Waterford going 2-0 up. And this is a game I took in again with the fantastic service that is Watch LOI. And um, the flavour of the month is the right back. Would you Sub- like to pronounce his name, Gar? Subawali. You like that? Because his full name. No, proper <laughs> Yeah, no, right. You can you can leave that one out. But yeah, Subawale, and he this guy is a tank of a man. Tank. He's got pace. He's got power. He's got everything you like. 
and he was fantastic. And even moving on to other in the the Sligo loss, he had an absolutely fantastic assist. So this is a guy that we're going to keep an eye on. That was actually a genuine laugh out loud moment for him. That goal, the Sligo one, Sligo, right? He starts to go. He runs from his own box. See how powerful he is. Does a one-two, right? Sets up Mikey O'Connor, who has the easiest part. Nearly fluffed it. And just slots it in. And Mikey just jogs off as if he had done it all on his own. Yep. Doesn't even turn around. I was laughing. You think he'd go over and give his old mate a pat on the back? Did you see what he just did? (laughs) And you're jogging off like, yeah, I'm a striker. Steam train Subawali. He is an animal. So, yeah, two all. And we were rubbing our hands thinking, lovely. But, Prof, we weren't as confident as we were, as as you always are, as Dundalk, coming back and dragging themselves back into games. But this was an onslaught in the last 10 minutes. I think it was four yeah. corners in a row. The poor keeper was rattled. And it, would have been, it wouldn't have been it was, a, a draw if Brian Murphy had stayed on. Let's yeah, be it was a subkeeper. Well, poor young for the Toy Groin, I think his name was. Once they got two, though, you thought they were going to get the third. Yeah, I thought they were. They were... They were Piling on the pressure. Well, let's mention the red card, though. I mean, that that turned the game. Yeah. Waterford were in no danger until that red card. I thought it was slightly harsh as well because he was having a good game, Ali Coote. And um, it was unfortunate, really, because it was a stupid foul and he gave the ref a decision to make. And unfortunately, he got sent off. I didn't think it was that bad of a foul. But yeah, that was a good performance from Waterford, I have to say. But the game was totally, totally overshadowed by uh, Vinny the king of deflection Perth <laughs> and the John Sheridan spat so 1994 hero John Sheridan is now the panto villain <laughs> and he has called us a pub league he's who? calling his own players cunts he's who? Vinny? <laughs> Vinny who? <laughs> who? yeah she focus on his own scene so that is uh, classic stuff from John Sheridan and proper wind up merchant that is and um, firing on all cylinders there so it's very very interesting but Vinny once again has deflected from his side's inept performances Ferris it worked because I've, I've already heard a couple of podcasts this week and they spend like the first five minutes talking about that and then they move on it's like so anyway uh, Dundalk only drew there at home how many people are actually talking about the performance can I say this as well any Rovers fans out there who said well done Vinny well done get out of the club Get out of the club. 100%. Why? This is Vinnie Pear we're talking about. You're giving him a pat on the back. Not a fucking chance. No matter what he does. Not happening. Oh, well done, Vinnie. Pick up for the league. No. No, it's Dundalk's manager. What are you doing? Bradzer would be hammered if this happened. Remember that. Remember that. So it was. Uh, it took over the whole whole week of news. And it was, uh, it was good crack. So And the, quote, the actual quote of the week got almost got lost. We've got another one from Vinny, another classic. He says, the players have to fix it themselves. Oh, man. The problem. So, what did we wow. say? The, what, what was the weekly... The, the weekly... The, oh, we came up with something. The weekly excuse. Oh, yeah. The weekly excuse this week, Prof. Give it again. There's a problem there. I'm paraphrasing that part, but he said, the players have to fix it themselves. Yeah. Not the three coaches that they have there with John Gill. Reynolds and Perth, like they don't have to do one. I actually don't think I've ever heard a manager say that before. <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? So that was the weekly excuse from Vinnie Perth, and he's given us comedy gold once again. 
How nice is it to have everyone speculating about a manager being under pressure and um, maybe in danger of getting a sack and it's not Rovers for a change. It's great. It's great. But I know you have to, like we always say, football is fleeting and you have to live in the moment. It's great. We can take the piss and all like that, but we're just hoping it doesn't come back to haunt us. But like I said, we have to take the piss when we can because it's rare. There was even a discussion in the WhatsApp group a few weeks ago with people worrying that Bradford might get snapped up by a club in the UK. Yeah, imagine. Which is possible, I mean, when you think about it, the work he's done. And I was just sitting there reading this. I was like, Jesus. What, <laughs> imagine. What, what a great problem to have. Roddy interim manager. What a great problem. Compared to 18 months ago, everyone wanted him sacked. And now we're like, oh, no, what if he goes to the UK? Jesus, football can turn around. I know, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, so we have Cork beating Sligo 3-0 and they got walloped. The bitter reds getting absolutely thumped around by <laughs> it is a cork pub team really at the minute. Well that's three clean sheets in a row for Cork, isn't it? That was a spanking, wasn't it? Yeah. It really was, and they're starting to make a comeback. Um uh, some technical difficulties in that stream. Uh nobody was able to watch that game live. You can, you can catch up much now, but at the time it, it didn't work. The FAI were uh, full of apologies. Did you hear that the first stream the game at Turner's Cross? Remember they played balls <laughs> yeah, a couple of courses, a couple of weeks back. I have the have the clip here. <laughs> it's classically world, isn't it? Uh, it's like we're we're full of praise for this stream, and it is absolutely fantastic. I love how I can just open the thing in my browser. I click one button and boom, I'm into the game. Straight onto it. It's brilliant like that. It remembers everything. Like I have it on my on my bookmarks and my history. You go straight into it. No messing around. Your password is saved. You're in. You're out. I actually love stuff. that it's basic. I don't even want a lot of menus around it. I just love it as it is. But uh, but then, so you're thinking like finally we've arrived. We've got like a subscription service. People around the world can watch our league finally happened and then it's like you hear that noise from the car game and it's like this is why we're not taken seriously sometimes it's charming you could say <laughs> so Shelbourne our proponents this week they, they drew 1-1 with uh, the Bogsiders and who got the goals there Prof I can't even remember no. it's in, escaping me at the minute in hindsight what a banker for a draw that was. Yeah, it really was. They, they have identical results since they came back. They've won one and lost two and drawn now. And then we still go coming from behind to be water for 2-1 at the home. At home on Tuesday. And uh, points being drank all around for these for this late winner. A sneaky left-footed free. Coral home and uh, imitations of mm. drinking points for John Sheridan as they celebrated their winner, which... I in the extremely enjoyed this shy housery. Yeah. So that's uh, up, the up. only compliment we'll be paying Sligo on this show. Up until the last 13 minutes of that game, Waterford were level on points with the dock. Oh, I didn't know that. That says it all, doesn't it? And Sligo, who looked doomed before we came back, <clears throat> they're now two points off Europe. Two points off Europe? Yep. Wow. And it's it's crazy league this year, isn't it? You have the Bowls who won one 0 at Finn Harps, so lead at the top has cut to four points and it's a lot of diagonal balls being played by Bowles. A lot of diagonal balls. 
very direct style. Um, Actually, I have nothing to say about this. I just all I want to say is this new Dinny Corcoran tattoo meme is oh. one of the best memes ever. Deco Fitz has once again outdone himself and provided comedy for all of us. <laughs> I think it was meant to look that bad. It had to have been. There's not why someone did that bad on purpose. It was meant to look bad, you know. It had to. That's the only excuse I could think of. Why would you? Uh, Tattoo your body though Something that's meant to look bad I'll put it down to 10 points And A a mate being a tattoo artist You know Something along the lines of that And then you're waking up Some leg hanging off You're wondering what's going on You have a Dinny Corcoran tattoo on you Wouldn't happen in Cruel Tattoo Temple Bear No certainly wouldn't (laughs) So League of Ireland clubs are taking two precautions To avoid a Linfield scenario Covid testing is not mandatory Until nearer the time of European games But all four Irish qualifiers Were being tested all week So It's it's something that Is a realistic Mm. threat to all of the clubs And it could easily happen to any one of us Which would be heartbreaking stuff That's good practice yeah Yeah good practice Be well prepared Just keep, keep getting tested And no No room for error and leave it at that. We have another podcast this week as well. We were listening to the Sober Mess podcast. And it is Keith Fahey. And it was a mental health issue. And I urge everybody to listen to this. Because it is refreshing. And once again it's something that we speak about. And we want all men and all women to speak about. Is the mental health. And if you're ever struggling. Always reach out to somebody, and this is quite refreshing. So it's the Sober Mess podcast on Spotify, and check out the Keep Fatty episode, and even the other episodes as well, because it's a great listen. It's a refreshing. I, I felt like I was in the room. I felt like I was in the pub, and they were sitting next to me, and I was listening in on their conversation. <laughs> you know, it was a really friendly conversation, mm-hmm. and they spoke about how they deal mm-hmm. with mental health issues, and Keith has struggled in the past with it, about how he plans out his day and how he just puts his mind at ease so it was really really worth a listen so check it out if you can he was surprisingly insecure for for like a Premier League international footballer I couldn't believe it extremely insecure but the honesty was fascinating and it was it was a good listen yeah but how they get through their day and how they cope with it so if you are coping or you're struggling in any way speak out and even just listen to one of these podcasts meditation was a big thing for the two of them as well which I found was very interesting a couple of notes on another podcast we had uh, our pal Anto from Down the Pub podcast in Canada. He had a uh, had Richie Ryan on, former Rovers player. Yeah, but uh, not not much talk about Bill Shamrock Rovers. If in case you're expecting that, but you know he put gave a lot of credit to Trevor Crowley actually because he said that he was planning he was planning to move to Canada six months later, and he told Crowley that, and Crowley like accepted, it. and he didn't yeah. But he, even then, like he signed like a year and a half deal. Richie Ryan is one who split the, the Rovers fan base in half on opinions wise. A lot of people saying he's a fantastic player for Rovers and a lot of people saying he did absolutely nothing. So that's one opinion. I think he was impressive while he was there, but uh, yeah, he was, was sweet left foot. It yeah. was so brief. Uh, they also had Terry Feeling on. Who kept referring to somebody called Paul McGrath. McGrath. I'm not sure who that is. Terry Feeling, who is now what is he doing? He's God, he's doing something. He's in India now. Coaching India, yeah. <clears throat> Kolkata Blasters, is it? He was in uh, New Zealand for a number of years. Likes to travel, that fella. And uh, another podcast, we have LOI Weekly, who 
we have to ask at this stage, are they just going to interview Dundalk players and their excuses every week? I'd appreciate that. I'd want to keep doing that, yeah. The weekly excuse. They just change it to the weekly <laughs> excuse. Isn't there another podcast now called LOI Weekly? Something else. They added on like an extra word or the big kickoff. The big kickoff, yeah, yeah. But there's another one. There's a the guy Keen Menton off Pats. Didn't he start up like a vlog or like a weekly program called LOI Weekly? And then he added on another word. There's something out there for that. Oh, is there? Yeah, definitely is. Yeah. So more content for all you fans out there. The 42.ie podcast who are doing a Stephen Kenny series and there's a lot of revisionism going on about his Rovers reign and that's something that we will probably have to do one day is get him in, a couple of points into you there, Steve-o, and uh, give us the real lowdown on what happened and where you locked out a dressing room <laughs> in Richmond. It's interesting, all right. Um, it's for another day. We David Sneed, am I saying that right? S-N-E-Y-D, Sneed, or Sneed. I hope so. And he relays a small incident after that 3-0 loss, the eventual league champions 3-0. It's a Sligo that went to show the tension that had taken hold. He said, after the game, a few lads went into the shop, crossed from the showgrounds and got a load of junk food. They're down the back of the bus drinking cans of coke and eating this junk food and Kenny gets on the bus and sees it and loses the plot a little bit. They'd just been hockey 3-0 away from home, so he takes the sweets and the coke off them. A few of the players weren't happy with it and one of them had to be dragged back from chasing them up the bus and get this can of coke back. There was some pettiness that was fostered. So who was drinking the coke? Who was eating <laughs> the wambars? Who was eating the meanies? We need to know. Who's your guess? Desi Baker there, he would have been on the crisps now. For some reason, I'm just I'm suspecting McCabe. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, good show. Good show, I'll say that as well. I, I could be way off, but... Could you imagine him going and grabbing the packet of meanies off him? And grabbing <laughs> the Coke. Give me them! Yeah. I mean, I'm not disputing that... These... Was that the Ray Ed Peter say debacle? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was on telly, wasn't it? I mean, I'm not disputing uh, David's sources that these things happened. But there seems to be an over arching narrative that this is all the players fault and like we said there is revisionism going on like why on earth was Adam Manis leaving the club six months earlier why was that even mentioned yeah six months before Kenny came in and he signed three kids as goalkeepers like how is that the players fault I think what you have to realise is there's, there's two sides to a story and then there's the truth so that's what you have to remember in all this. Yeah. Also, the problem is like armchair f- football fans nowadays. They just when it comes to managers, they think everything is one or the other. The manager is either class or he's a spoofer. Mm. And there's no in between. But like we we sacked Kenny. That's what they think. Like we sacked Kenny and look what he did since. So that means it's our fault. But not taking into the fact that he's done all that he's done since. With the determination to prove everyone wrong. And yeah. he learned from what happened at Roberts. He would have had to get rid of probably half of that squad to get anything done with them. Yeah. That's the truth. But there's, like, there's other examples in this of football. Clough at Leeds. Like managers, good managers can fail at clubs for whatever reason. Yeah, totally agree with you there actually. You can't... I think they only say you're only as good as your last job. But I think that might be harsh because there is potential in a lot of these managers to, to do well and go on. I mean look... Couple of sets, couple of couple of uh, sections of our fan base wanted wanted Brazzer out, and he's gone on and won our first cup in thirty two years. So, it's a uh, it's it's all about 
having the perspective to kind of keep somebody in a job that and give them the chance because look how, look how much we were chopping and changing for years we were a bastard club chopping changing sacking managers it just wasn't happening so we finally decided okay you know what? we're going to give this guy a chance start from the ground up and build something fresh it's working at the moment but uh, yeah will we move on prof yep. we'll move on to Cork at home in the FAI Cup and of course we've been drawn at home because it's all a fix apparently so Cork at home in the second round of the FAI Cup I'll take that well these draws do seem to be going in our favour we got we got the on paper the easiest European team and we got them at home uh, that Cork game by the way moved to August 31st and Monday 5.45 kickoff. so everyone enjoy that <laughs> do you know what it's not that bad now because well, we, won't even, we won't even be able to watch it on the, the LOI app will we is the FAI Cup included in that they said they're going to show the majority of the ties. I can't remember if everyone was on them. On now the that's week. something that you get you get down with on a Monday. Quarter to six kickoff Monday. Nothing to do. Start mm. of the week. I'll take that. But uh, in normal circumstances, I don't think it would be. And as Bill Gleeson says, this is the year to beat Bowles in the cup final. Oh, in Tala. <laughs> in Tala. Because the pressure is off. Like if you offered me this last year, I'd be like, no. Imagine a cup final with no fans. That Horrible. could be on the cards. That's yeah. discussion for another day. Imagine like last year, balls in the final. Like I wouldn't even gone to the game. Imagine it, <laughs> Oh my god! I remember. I think it was Kieran Stafford was saying it'd be, it'd be great, great game with stuff, but you just couldn't go. Nah, watching, like, watching through your hands. He'd be standing like in his backyard and his back to it. <laughs> yeah, listening to the crowd noises. But this year the pressure's off. We've already won it, and like you say, probably in Tala so it's a sweetener. Balls still haven't seen the inside of the Aviva. Okay, so we're here with Tony Sheridan, League of Ireland legend and a product of Crumlin's famous football nursery, Lord Celtic. So you trolled with a handful of clubs as a teenager, Leeds, Brighton and Gillingham under Damien Richardson. You finally settled on Coventry. So uh, you signed for Coventry in 91, made your Premier League debut at Ellen Road the 31st of October 1992. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, uh, I, I was a little bit homesick and... Uh I came home obviously from, from country and uh, Bobby Gills basically rang up the house and told me if I didn't come back he'd come come over and bring me back. So he he had a a lot of time for me so lucky enough I got straight into the full team when I did come back in and trained with the full team. And the day on the day driving up on the bus he just said to me, Listen, you're going to start you get half an hour well, not half an hour about an hour before uh, kick off he said you're going to play so I was a little bit shocked but I didn't have time to think about it so it was a nice, a nice place to play you know Ellen Road so and what, how old were you when that happened now how old I was just turned 18 I was 10 days 18 years of age because I, the 24th of October is my birthday so the 24th of uh October is when I played play in the in, in that game, you know. You said later that that day was all a bit of a blur. Do you remember coming out in the tunnel in the stadium and everything? I don't, no, I don't. I have a load of Leeds fans that I, when I go for a point in, in the Stonewall in Crumlin, they're all Leeds fans and only up to about a year and a half ago, two years ago, one of them said to me, uh, do you remember playing against Cantona? I said, I never played against Cantona. And he said, he actually came on as a sub in that game that you played in, in Ellen Road. That's how much of a floor it was, to be honest with you. 
You were too busy bossing the midfield, I reckon. That's what it was, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know about that because he had some good players in there, McAllister and Batty's. So, you know, you're coming up against players that end up being Premier League legends, you know. And uh, you developed a neat understanding with Zimbabwe international Peter Nlobu. Yeah, Peter Nlobu was uh, absolutely brilliant. He was, what a player. You know, he came over and he was a a uh, a breath of fresh air, you know, he was... Just different, different lady. Absolutely different lady. You know, there's some good players there. You know, you a lot of people. You know, don't get a chance. Kenny Sampson, Steve Robinson. You know, these these were players that played for you know Arsenal. Steve O'Reilly's played with Liverpool. You know, so but Peter, Peter was just you know different, different class. Was there much of an Irish contingent when you first arrived? I think I Coventry uh, is like it's, it's a great city to you know for the Irish because there's a lot of Irish people that you know moved over in the fifties and sixties and you know there was Jared Carr who scored a winner for Sligo against I, don't, I think it was against Derry I'm not sure in ninety five uh, Michael Stevens and another player that played for Ireland uh, under 15, 16th and I think he got nineteenth. And then you have Willie Boland, who's uh, with UCV now, uh, the academy out there, Gavin O'Till, who played here with Tenio Rangers and Larkin Cottle. And then you had Barry Panderville that came later on, and uh, Billy Woods, Billy Woods played down in Cork. So there was, there was a good lot of Irish lads, and then you had a few other, few other Irish lads that were obviously born in England, but you would never say to them that they were English because they'll tell you where to go, you know. Oh, but yeah, so no, they were proud, they proud Irish roots, oh, they? Oh, yeah, yeah, big time, big time. I think at one stage, I think there was nine between lads that were born in England and obviously us that came over from Ireland. So that would have helped with the homesickness to a certain degree, wouldn't it? I will, look, okay, I, I was a bit of a homebuilt and uh, the car, you know, took me under, under his wing and I told him, I wasn't coming back and he, he played with me and you know unfortunately it didn't work out for, 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 for me at that stage so I came home and as I said uh, Bobby Gould then rang up the house he, he actually rang me man first and I wasn't there and uh, she said ring back at a certain time and I would be there and next while he rang and she said Tony I want it on the phone so I answered and it was Bobby Gould and there was no messing about with him or anything like that. It wasn't like, you know, uh, would you like to come back? He just said to me, basically, get back here now or I'll come home. I'll come over there and take you back. <laughs> and did somebody so, end up coming over and was there an incident at the airport? Did, did a Coventry employee get lost at the airport and you happened to slip out? No, no, me, no, no. My dad, my dad, my dad dropped me back to the airport and I went to into the terminal so I went to whoever you know in charge in the airport and I said look I'm supposed to go back to England I don't want to go back and he got me my gear off the plane and I literally he literally brought me outside and I got I got home before me that and that was it then he, he they weren't happy so I ended up going up to one of my aunties up in up in cabin for I think about four weeks, five weeks. You were excommunicated from Crumlin for a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, no, well, it was just, they were more disappointed, you know, mm. but uh, sometimes you need to do something like that, you know, to reflect on what situation you're in. I couldn't play football, and my company said it to, you know, he won't be able to play, he's got, he's got a, a two or three year contract, so he'd be, he'd be real football two or three years, so I couldn't play, obviously I played a few five or with the, the lads from where they grew up. But that was really it. And that would have been uh, Rutland Grove, am I right? Yeah, that would have been the Grove, yeah, with, uh, with my brother John, uh, Mick Fallon, Gary O'Driscoll, a few Jason Roach, Bozo Roach, and a few good players, you know, we played tournaments down in Rialto and different places. And we were a good team. There was a, there's a gentleman that we work with, his name is Graham Murphy, he said that he lived near your nanny's road. Graham, yeah, Graham, Graham would have been a Lewis man. Yeah, and he said that uh, you could hit the crossbar five times in a row. He said, can you still do it? Oh, no, not now, because I'm, I'm, I'm back playing blue with uh, Bluebell over 45, and I've done damage to my knee, so I'm playing in gold now. You're playing in gold? <laughs> That's throw yeah. gold, yeah. Yeah, I'm playing in gold. First match, now we've done it two weeks ago, so I'm the keeper. We've no keeper for the senior team. And I said I'm getting goals last Friday. We played Tampa Logan. Lucky enough, he won 4 3. But <laughs> the two goals were nothing to do with me. It was the <laughs> Peno and, and Peno, and I saved and pushed it out. And unfortunately, there's players there just tapped them in. So mm. I done me the odds. <laughs> in terms of like your best memories at Coventry, would one of them be that 3 0 win over Highbury with the Mick hat trick? Yeah, uh, big time. Yeah, there's a lot. Like there's loads of memories I loved over in Coventry. You know what? Uh, you know, there you go. You know, we have time to reflect. The first time we didn't, I wasn't mad about it because we are basically it was basically like being living in a boarding a boarding place. You know, we we couldn't. We were like eight miles or nine miles outside the city centre. You were given days that you could go in. You had to be back at a certain time. So, you know, your, your movement and your freedom was kind of took away. So I did have a chat with Bobby Girl that, you know, we could go out on a Wednesday night and be home at 10 o'clock. Like, if you want to go, like we used to, the lads, we had a great rapport with all the lads, English, Welsh and Scottish lads. And we used to uh, go sit uh, the cinema or we go swimming where we were dropped off. And before that, we were dropped off at... Uh, half five and then we got picked up at half eight quarter nine so when Bobby you know, Gould left and Phil Neal came in it didn't really happen for you did it there was a bit of slagging going on oh uh, no yeah look at, oh, for me personally Phil Neal didn't have a clue you know he, all you have to do is look at what happened with England with him and Ty, uh, Taylor Graham Taylor 94 wasn't it the famous documentary uh, he, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. He, he really and truly hadn't. Well, for me, he hadn't got a clue. I'm guessing you didn't bite your tongue when it came to taking the piss out of that, did you? Ah, oh, no, no, because I, I uh, what's his name? I was actually travelling up. Phil Bab was playing, it came to Simon uh, Bradford, Rovers, or Bradford City to uh, take Comsey. And uh, me and him were chatting, you know. He just said, where about you know, your farm? I said, Dublin. Yeah, me, I, I forget where exactly where he said his mum was from, but uh, he said, yeah, me mum's. Me mum's from Ireland. So when I came back with the Irish team, I told Molly Price. And next of all, 
obviously the rest is history. Bab came on board with the Orient team and uh, went to the World Cup in 94 to the USA. So you said in another interview that you messed up in, I was reading back in some old articles, you said you messed up there. Um, what do you what do you reckon that was? Say that again, I didn't... I was reading back in some old articles and um, yeah. you said in an interview that you messed up in your time in England. Ah, uh, yeah, look, uh, it's one of them, you know. Look, you have so much free time. And, you know, the, 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 I, was, I, I would say that at that time, you know, you, a lot of the lads, the Irish lads... And the English lads, like, there was a drinking culture, you know. Like, people would would go out and go out for a few beers. And it's not like now, you know. Now they're more strict. Like, you know, they look after you. They look after your, your, your body fats and this, that, and your intake of what you're, what you're drinking. You know, the, the sports times of it has really, really kicked, kicked into play. So that was the problem. Like, we, like, you know, up to, I think up to Wenger. And I think that's the way of that though. At every club, that's the problem. Yeah. At every club. And then he changed the structure of it all. And then people start being like, you know, this is the way to go forward. So, you know, we hardly see anyone, you know, professional footballers now doing what we did when we were when we were there in the 90s. Yeah, it's just social media is everywhere. They'd be exposed. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you... you, you but it's it's more it's more professional, you know. There's a there's more of a clamp down as in regarding like you don't really get an opportunity. The club finds out that you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, as in drinking, you know, going on on, on parties. Like, more unlikely to throw you out of the club than you yeah. would, you know, tolerate what you're doing. You know the point of way. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with you. So looking back on that time now, any regrets? Not really, not really. The way I live my life is there's no point in having regrets. You only live once, so there's no point in dwelling on what, what, what the past is. You just look forward to the future. But you returned home to sign for Shelbourne in '95 and you won two FAI Cups with Shelbourne. So you were man the match '96 final and the replay, scoring in both yeah. games against Pat. So it was a good season for you. Well, I don't know how, to be honest with you, the lads, the lads used to say to me, you know, I don't know how you won the man of the match because, you know, I don't, because it was, in all fairness, players that played better than me on the day, just that we scored a goal, and sometimes the press or whoever gives it is more inclined to give it to the player that, you know, do something like that, you know, score a goal or something like that, which is, for me, is sometimes ridiculous, you know, we watch matches now. In the league of Ireland on the telly, and I give him man of the match to a player, and I'm like, just because he scored a goal, what about the other players that are walking the up and intercepting or making passes? Yeah, you know? I agree. So it's a strange one. It's a strange one. But again, you started in the final in '97 against Derry. So, what are your memories of that? Uh, well, it was, a, it was a, to be honest with you, it was a, it was a bit of a crazy final. You know, uh, leading up to it, with uh, Tony O'Dell's brother passing away the, the week beforehand, so it was a bit strange. And I don't think, it was, to be honest with you, I don't think it was a really good cup final because I don't think Derry were really, like Derry were, for me, Derry were an excellent team. And I don't think they really had their minds on the game, you know, but lucky enough, lucky enough we came out on the other side and won. But uh, it was a strange one, you know, with all the 
all, all the stuff that was going on the week beforehand. And is some of your fondest memories in football this particular time, the mid nineties with Chels? Yeah, ah, yeah, because like you know, I didn't say to people, and I, I'm not, I'm not critical of the league, but I would say to people, like you look, you know, obviously, we always will always have big crowds because it was a uh, great support. But when you look back in the when I was playing, you know, you go to Pats, you know, and there'd be nine thousand. At the at the the semi final of the cup before we played there, you know we played. I, I think we played them in the semi final at the quarter final. Nine thousand people at, at three games. You know you played Rovers. I just think the football. You know for me personally, this is my personal opinion. I just think the football then. I thought it was. Uh, I think it's a lot better now or then than it is now. Really? So I you think, think the football in the mid nineties is better yeah. than now? Yeah, I think there's a lot more. I think I think there was a lot more players that were given the freedom. You know what I mean? Imagine, imagine, like, you know, you think about it. You you look at it, the Rovers team, Tony, Tony Cousins, you know, uh, Beach Boy. Yeah, you know all these all these players. Imagine they went off like full time, like what what Rovers are now and what what Shells were in 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 the late or the two thousands. You know. We'd be fiddling and the games that you would have individuals that would really, really shine. You know, we were part-time. People coming back from, from their job, going training, you know, for an hour or two. You know, a long day and then lads getting out on a, hopefully getting out early from from work and then going to their game. You know, it was an awful lot of things to be asking, you know, players and if they weren't shoving slabs of cans in the back of the away bus for the way home on the trip? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Now you look at it, now you look at it, there's no cans, there's nothing like that. You know, we used to stop off, we used to stop off at, uh, you know, halfway between whatever we were going, we were going with the dairy, we'd stop off at Monaghan. We'd go in, I think it was the Squealing Pig <laughs> in Monaghan, you know, and have a few points in there for, for say, an hour. And then obviously jump back on the bus, uh, get a few cans, as you said, and then uh, drive home. You know, and that, now it's different. You know, they're, they're, they're sure, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the players now would be instead of getting cans, getting plenty of water, and then eating up past the week, you know, get that get the in and rehydrating themselves and get the carb, carbs back in and the whole yeah. lot, you know. So now it's completely different. And that's what I'm trying to say. What I would, the reason why I think the players, for me, you know, you look at you look at all the teams. When I played, Patsy playing down at Carl Clean, Coyle, T, Peter Hutton, Tony Cousins, as I said, you know, Derek Tracy, you know, Eddie Garmy, all these players, you know. And they were different class for me. Every team had, Different players, you know, different individual players, but also collectively as a team, you know, they were very good as well. So we'll move on to some managers now. Can you compare Damien Richardson to Dermot Keeley as managers? Dermot and Damien, as we call Damien Rico. I, I love Damien, you know. Damien, look, Damien was a, he just wanted to play football. You know, you could see that he, he could, I've never, obviously, I've never seen him because he'd be a lot older, but you could see that he's a football a footballing man, you know, uh, even in training, sometimes when we were playing, doing matches in training, he would join in and he could see that he was ill, ill in class. 
Well, damn it, it was either black or white. You either did what you were at or good luck you. Yeah. You know, and that. But it's like, it's, it's like well, you know, we done one there with Shells, myself and Stephen Gagan done one with Shells uh, a couple of, couple of months back. And it's like what, it's like what Gago said, you know. Damien, the philosophy in Damien was football. And then Keely brought that harness, you know, that, that's why, you know, he's the, I think he's the only Shadow manager to ever win a double. That's, that's what I think. So, so that was the difference, you know. Then it was more of a, 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 a sergeant major. He was the bad that. cop, was he? Oh yeah, but look at you know he he was he was he was brilliant. He knew what he was doing, you know. So you can't take that away from him, you know. That kind of way. But I love playing with Damien because you were given you were given the freedom to play. You know what I mean? And Damien's philosophy on it was: if they score three, we score four. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the way it was with Damien, which we enjoyed. You know that kind of way. So we're going to move into 2005 and tell us how the Rovers move came about. You were playing the Leinster Senior League. Yeah, what happened? Mick, I can't take his neck, uh, name. He lives up in he lives up in Paris Town. Mick, he's a real Rovers fan. Mick Cairns, the whack as he's known. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look, an absolute gentleman. But uh, he, uh, he seen me playing about uh, CYM 10 And next of all, he rang Roddy. And um, Roddy said... Come over, so I went over and anyway, and trying. Well, here before I go any further, you know, God mercy on his soul. Uh, Ray Tracy rang, rang me before uh, Shelburne rang me, and uh, obviously I wasn't there. And my mum said, "Yeah, I'll get him to ring." I rang, and I got obviously the travel agent that he, he owned it, and I, I spoke to whoever. I didn't speak to Ray Tracy, but I spoke to uh, one of his secretaries, and I said, "They just let no uh, Tommy said to me." But he never rang me back. Gee, so what could have been? We're in about an, a space of an hour of doing that. Ollie was straight onto the phone with me. And that <laughs> was it. But uh, as I said, yeah. And we went over. And Roddy just said to me, yeah, I'd, I'd like to sign you, Tony. You know, I'll give you, I think it was about five months left or six months left of the season. The club was in, uh, you know, in a bad place, obviously. Fighting relegation and you know, hadn't had any money and things like that. So, okay, I just said, yeah, I'll give her a dig out and I'll give her, give her everything I can. So tell us, Roddy, a chancer or a charmer? Roddy, I have to say, was probably one, one, of, one of the best managers. Like, damn, it was very good. I only played one season on the damn, and I, like, you know, it was, as I said, damn, was black or white. And I, I had a good season with them and, Damien the same, but Roddy, look, they're all different. They're all different people, but Roddy, for me, is one of one of the best managers I've ever played under. I know it was only for six months. You know, he had this way about him, and lads would run through brick walls from. You know, and unfortunately, as I said, you know, the financial team with with the club, and you know, I think. I, I, yeah, well, no, we, yeah, he didn't have the ground. Yeah, he obviously didn't have talent, and you know, it was, it was, it was all over the place. But he, he done what he could do. You know, he, I, I just think what he, what he done for us. You know, as in, you know, trying his best to stop the relegation and the players that he brought in. But they, they were a good team. 
they have a good team. I just don't know what happened to them. I just think they fell apart because, you know, we weren't winning the games that we, we should have been winning to be true for you. Yeah, the dream debut against uh, Bray. You scored a goal. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I never forget it. You know, I just said, I, I was waiting, itching, itching to get on. And I kept looking at Roddy and I kept going, warming up. And, and then he says to me, oh, you should have warmed there and scored a goal. I said, OK, no problem. And obviously then, <laughs> the chance that I had, I took, you know. So, I was great, you know. Was, as you said, like, I, I, this, I, I never had an issue on the Shells man, you know, I always will be a Shells man, but I never had an issue with Rovers at the club. You know, a few of the fans have given me a lot of stick, but apart from that, you know, there's a lot of a lot of the fans that I, I do see from Cumberland that I get along great with, like Darren, Darren Glennon, is it? You know, oh, Darren, uh, did you see his new oh, tattoo? Yeah, I know from Zan, I do see Darren all the time in, in Sunday when I'm training and all of... I'm out walking the dog. Two was walking around, and we have a chat about you know the way Rovers were, or shares, or you know whatever football and football and things. So you know, so I, 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 I had a great rapport. I'd say ninety percent of the Rovers fans, but the ten percent is always ten percent somewhere, isn't it? That gives, yeah. you a, gives you a lot of stick, you know. And Rovers fans used to give me some stick, but I, I loved it. You know, I love the worst thing you can do as a, as 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 a as a fan is if there's a player that is really good and you give him stick, he just wants to he just wants to work hard and and try and to get the winner, or create the winner, just to you know the sickness, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of way. And the fans, the fans, sport sometimes for the players on, you know, when they do give him stick. But uh, no, it was great fun. I would never, never. I love it to be honest with you. You know, I love I love playing against Rose, Hats, Bowles, you know, Daily Cork, it was great times. So tell us about your brace against Bowles at Daily Mount Park. Uh, I, I to be honest with you, I am not I'm not a fan of Bowles. <laughs> Tony, that's great. We love that. We love to hear that. We'll wrap it up there. That's no, great interview. No, Thanks. I I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of Pat either. You know what I mean? Like, that's even you know, better. <laughs> I don't have time, uh, time with either one of them, you know. Uh, no, like, not, not as, like, I wouldn't be hatred from but, you know, I wouldn't really have time to put it that way. I want to elaborate the reason why. Pat's, uh, Pat's reason is because when I was 12, obviously when they were playing on Hell's Cross, I used to go down, we used to cut through into into uh, Hyde's Cross and one day I went in I was looked a little bit older than the other lads and the man he says to me yeah, Tanner I'm not bleeding playing the Tanner I'm only bleeding 12 I told him <laughs> yeah, well you won't be getting in here will I not so I walked around the length of the lanes and jumped in through the back way and walked out and said thanks for the game great match wasn't it please Robbie so that's <laughs> the reason why I'm not bowls oh, but the other reason why bowls we And maybe give me a stick after. But one day we were coming out. Of, I was actually playing with Rovers, and we were coming out of uh, Daily Mount. And my father got me, and he saw he had Alzheimer's. And there was about eight of them standing as you come out of the lane. Yeah. And he started throwing, throwing stone, uh, coins, trying to hit me. And uh, you know, there's a lamppost right outside as you go go into that lane, and that's how I knew because it hit one of them. And before that, you know, didn't know what was happening, and I just 
when the other brother then came over, said, give me a hand, my dad, and my dad was obviously sick. And I just said to me, yeah, you're all fucking brave scouts, I think there's an old dude that ate it. I said, and he's wanted to bleed in 12 coins. He was yeah. bleeding cowards and just walked up. Yeah, I can imagine that wouldn't sit well with you, Ari. Ah, no, 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 that's that's the reason why we, 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 we're both. And as, as I said, the Pat's the same reason, you know. that For me, that's disgusting, but, you know, you have... Not that he knew that he knew that was sick, but even that, he was, you know, nearly, nearly 60. You know what I mean? And uh, me and him are walking out, and they're doing something like that. For me, that's just total fucking scumbags. So that's one of the reasons why you must have enjoyed those goals so much against Taylor. Oh, Taylor's. yeah. Yeah, like any old, you know what I mean? Any old, like you've seen the celebration, you know, um, mm. because it was, it, it was always a pleasure to score. You know, it didn't matter who was playing, but it was more of a pleasure when after the incident, you know, that happened. And just to stick, stick it to them was absolutely, for me, it was perfect. The relegation playoff, can you tell us on, all your memories on that? Can you tell us about the goalkeeper situation? Was there a situation with a goalie? Uh, you hadn't got one? I, I, think, I think that was, yeah. Wasn't it something along the lines of that? Yeah, we, we struggled for a keeper or something like that. Imagine that. I mean, you're going into the relegation playoff and you're struggling for a keeper. You're, you're, I think I Alan O'Neill... Alan O'Neill was looking for a goalie, wasn't he? Yeah, I think a lot of injuries as well. I think we had a few injuries as well. It just, it, it, unfortunately, I have to say, you, you, you know when you know when your name is on the cup or your name is on the league, I think the, the relegation for always for is on the card, you know what I mean, mm. after all that. You know, you, if you just sense it, you know, the coming away, and no matter what we've done, like those games that we've done really well, but that game in particular, I remember it now. Like we didn't, as a team, we didn't show up collectively. We as a team, like, Roddy's done everything in his power, and um, you know, I think he brought in a couple. I think he brought in a couple of the young lads as well. So, you know, from from I think there was a, a B team down at that at that stage, brought in a couple of young lads, and we just didn't. We didn't. We, we didn't turn up to be honest on the day. But that night itself, when we got relegated, does anything stick out in the mind? Because it was the only time in Robert's history we were relegated. You, you see Derek Tracy coming off the pitch looking dejected. You see fans in the crowd, grown men in tears. So what do you remember? Yeah, no, as I said, I'm a Sherbourne fan. But even, like, you're, you're still part of it. It doesn't matter if, like, if you're not a fan of, of the club. You're still part of it. Um, as I said, you could feel the... You know, the frustration, you could feel the anger, you could feel the, the emotion of all the Rovers players and, or not players, or fans. And obviously then, you know, Derek, Derek for me, you know, you'll never, and I think you'll never, but for me, he's the most loyal player that Rovers have, you know, Rovers through and through. And it was hard, it was heartbreaking, you know, because, <coughs> excuse me, I came into the club to try and, you know, stop them from getting relegated. You know, and I don't know if Roddy would have signed me, you know, if he didn't get relegated, I, I, I couldn't tell you, you know. So, but that was, that's that's what you do, that's what you come in for, you know, is to try and stop 
the club from getting relegated. And unfortunately, on the day that we did play Dublin City, we were poor. And, you know, you can't, you can't say any more about it. You know, it's, and it, like, I know fans were heartbroken. You know, we thought, as I said, I spoke to Darren about it before. What was it like in the dressing room? Like, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible, don't we? You had Mark Kenny there as well. You know, there was players that were with Rose uh, and would be Rose fans that were in bits. You know, and uh, and as I said, everyone was in bits. You know, Roddy, Roddy, I think Roddy knew, you know, the writing was on the wall and he, he, for me, he gave everything and you could see that he was, he was in bits. Roddy even had a tear, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it wasn't the best of, that's my first time ever being relegated, but it wasn't the best day ever. We'll move on to something a little bit more positive now with your favourite goal. Favourite goal, uh, like as in League of Ireland, or my favourite goal ever? I'd have to say ever. Give us ever and give us League of Ireland. Give us both. Uh, favourite goal would have been obviously the Sligo in the in the in in the in the replay. Oh, not in the replay in the semi final. Uh, the majestic where, lob. The lob. Well, it wasn't a majestic lob. I just could hear uh, one of the Rovers fans, uh, players running in behind me. And I knew if we, if, we, if we kept running, that if he was going to catch me and he was going to take the ball off me. Uh, so I just, I think between him and Declan Gaten were probably the two quickest players in, in the league world at the time. I can't, think, I can't remember his name, but I knew, as I said, if, if we kept going another yard or two, he was either going to tackle me. So I, I, I just hit it. And lucky enough, I had actually bobbled before he hit it. And, Oh, just the technique I got. So you shanked it, is it? Is that what you're saying? Ah, oh, no, I was shanked it. I meant to shoot, but I didn't mean, probably didn't mean, to, I probably didn't mean to hit it the way I had it. <laughs> but uh, no, the other goal would have been, uh, the other goal would have been up in part of down when I went up to part of down for six, one, one of, oh, not one year of, I didn't, I didn't know part of down. We were playing new, uh, newly and the ball, I told the keeper, Mickey Keenahan, when he catches the ball, I'm on the happy line. I said, you just play it first time. And the ball came over my head with the right foot, which is very unusual. I control it, and as it just as it hit the ground on a halfway thing, the halfway I'm line? Just in now, just inside in the halfway line, right in the top corner. So that would have been the best, probably the best goal I, I ever scored. But I remember Jackie Fullerton, who would report on obviously. BBC Northern Ireland, the sports up there saying it's it's the best goal he's ever seen. Unfortunately, it was never recorded, so I have no proof. The only proof I have is that people people are there, and if you remember, and that's it, yeah. So yeah. give us the best player you ever played with and against. The best player you ever played with and against. The best player I played with, and a lot of old fans probably won't like me for this, is Stephen Gay. Because he, for me, he's a goal machine. Um, me and him just, just straight away when I went to Sharks, just hit it off. You know, it was just like being telepathic with each other. You know, we knew where he was going to be. So we would, be, we would be more of a creator and he would be more of a, a goal scorer. So definitely, not, don't get me wrong, there's a lot more. Like, obviously, Nutty was great to play with. Greg Costler, you know, Mark Rutherford. But for me, he was the one that I got on. I got on, like, as in, on the pitch with 
brilliant. And even off the pitch, you know. And then the best players they ever played against, Jesus, loads. So I named them already. Uh, Patsy, Patsy Flame, Liam Coyle, Peter Horton, uh, Derek. Derek was absolutely you know, a nightmare of a player to play against Derek Tracy. Uh, was a no, nuisance, was he? Say that again, sorry. He was a nuisance, was he? Oh, Derek was just never gave up. Never, he wouldn't be the quickest person in the world, but Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm saying both, but I, I think he was a little bit quicker than Derek at the time. But he just never gave up. There were so many, you know, so so many players that you played against. But the one that always sticks out to me, and again, unfortunately, he played for Pats, was uh, Eddie, Eddie Gormley. People always say that he was extremely two-footed. Oh, Eddie was just, Eddie was just different, different class as well, you know. He just had, just had this all about him, you know. He, and, and, and he was strong, you know. And he, he, he could play as well, you know what I mean? That's, like Tottenham, Tottenham never take, you know, just players that, you know, are, what's in there, like a general, a midfield general. Eddie, Eddie had everything. Like they always go for the time of the football player and Eddie was just, just class, really and truly just class. He was class now in our face. You were interviewed uh, a couple of years ago. I love this quote. You said, I'd like to be remembered as a player people love to go and watch. So, on that note, is there players in the league since you retired who remind you of that, that you just want to go and watch? Yeah, well, there's, 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 there's a couple. There's a couple. But the one that, you know, that sticks out for me now at the moment, and obviously with all that he's been, he's getting now, he's in the Nassau Cups, is obviously Jack Bourne off, off Rovers. You know what I mean? You've seen, seen him in, in games. And he just, again, a bit like Eddie. A bit like Eddie, Eddie Garmy, you know what I mean? You can see that, you know, you can see that he was away in England. You can see that he had a bit of class about him, you know. And to get international caps playing in the League of Ireland, you know, was really, really, like, in the, in obviously in the 70s and probably in the 80s, you probably heard, but in the 90s, the, up to 2010, I think Galo was probably the nearest one. Obviously, yeah, Jason Bourne got one. So, you know, but to get, I think, many caps does he have now? About eight, is it? Boys, he's got a few, hasn't he? Jack Byrne. Yeah, I think he's uh, got... Just yeah. the one so far, I think. Yeah. Just the one, but he's, he's yeah. been in the squad on that. Like, that's well, it, yeah, he? maybe that's the mistake. Yeah, he's been in the squad. Yeah, see that, but, uh, you know, Jason Bourne was right in, obviously got his cap, but only really got, I think he was in two squads. I think he went Jack, all the way to Poland and didn't touch the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, where Jack Bourne is, you know, he's, he's, he's in, he's on the bench, so, you know... To get to get to, to get to that level and play League of Ireland, you know that is that is just phenomenal for me. And again, it comes boils back down to what I said earlier on, like the full time signer does help. I don't care what anyone says. If he was if he wasn't playing full time, signing, you know, it might be a different story as in getting picked for Ireland. You know, you know the point away, but he is, and it, it, it shows on the pitch that he's he's able to play. So give us your funniest moment in football. My funniest moment in football. I I have I can't you probably start out. Top of your head. Yeah, we were playing Rovers and uh, I went back to a house party up in my family <laughs> and 
I was promised a few a few girls, but unfortunately there was none of them there. So I said, well, I better, I'm leaving. I said, I better go. And uh, we were playing Rovers then. And, uh, I was actually a night out in Redmond. And I went up to the house party and anyway, and there was no drink, so I said, well, I don't know him. <laughs> and uh, the following week then, we were playing Rovers on Friday in Tarkin Park. And this fella jumped over the railings, all up onto the railings, and absolutely lambased me, a junkie bastard. <laughs> this, 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 this. Open, open, rap farming, or up in Holy Land, or somewhere like that. Uh-huh. On, 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 on drugs. And I said, yeah, which are my, and he, he jumped over the rails and wanted to chase me. Oh, look, he, for, unfortunately for me, unfortunately for me, there was uh, a couple of security guards there that stopped him, or stewards there that stopped him. So that for me was probably the funniest moment in, in, in my, in legal Orleans. That was probably the funniest moment. We'll track him down for you, right? We're going to track him down. Oh, stop, he, he, he just, he, he want to hit a like, I, I didn't mind him, I didn't mind him abuse me, but he's just, because he didn't react, uh-huh. he was getting worse and worse and worse, and then as soon as he said, yeah, which I'm at, he just lost the plot. So tell me, one, of our, crum, one of our Crumlin stalwarts says, Ricky Keegan asks, how much do you love Matt Rashers? Matt Rashers, uh, I'm not a mad Matt, Matt Rashers, I'm more Monto talent. You were spotted there last week, apparently. Yeah, I went in and got I went in and got myself a nice breakfast roll with two two double leg. So that's where I go. But Montos is Montos is you like to sit down and relax and get So you still watch shells anyway and it's a club close to your heart, so uh, have you seen much of them this season? I haven't, no. I, 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 obviously with the lockdown and the whole uh I haven't seen much of them. But look the the most important thing I think with Shelbourne, you know, is that they, they, they stay in the they stay in the Premier. You know, and you sort of you sort of get for next season, and hopefully, you know, get a couple of players in and be a little bit stronger. But you know, they're not going to they're not going to compete with with Rovers, and they're not going to compete with uh, Dundalk. Not at this very present moment, you know, with the the, the, the financial backing that the two clubs have. Yeah. But just to stay in there, just to stay in the Premier, it will be a good achievement for the club, and as I said, just to keep building. And hopefully in time, you know, they might start challenging for 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 leagues. But you know, definitely for cups, that's the one thing that the club needs to needs to do. But not now with the two the two the two of the two of the clubs, Dundalk and Rovers, are going to just dominate Irish football for not, probably the next five years, maybe more. To, but at the at the moment, the next five years for definitely. So tell us uh, finally, give us your prediction for Friday. You shares them. You had to say, you had to say, before you do the shares. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think, I, I think, well, was, I think, well, it all depends. You know, Dublin derbies are, Dublin derbies are always different than when you're playing against any of the country teams. But I just think, I just think, well, was, will, will probably beat them. But I'd be happy with a draft, to be honest with you. Just to come out of, I don't know if it's in Tarot or if it's in uh, Tarot. But just to come out with a draw. Yeah, it's in Tala. You'd be happy enough with a draw yeah. away from home. Oh, of course, but look, you can't you, you can't look any further than than Rovers. You know they're in a great decision at the moment, top of the league, a couple of points, a few points in front of the chasing pack. So you know they're on a little bit of a on a bit of form. So you know, you, as I said, me hard to say. And I hope it's Shaz win, but I just think that uh, Rovers will probably win, probably two now. 
Excellent. Listen, Tony, you've been a gentleman, and we'll talk to you again soon. Excellent. No problem. Go on. Thanks, Take Tony. care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Right, so that was Tony, and um, I'm interested to see the feedback on that now. Quite, <laughs> I'd say three quarter shells, quarter rovers, but it was a good interview, yeah. and it was his uh, opinions on Roddy should be very interesting <laughs> and should split the support. You mentioned Derek Tracy about eight times, in fairness. Yeah, I seem to have been one of the, like yeah. we like everybody knows the team had a bit of a culture that team. So yeah. uh, maybe that's why he liked them so much. Nah, he's charming, isn't he? Yeah, you could tell. I knew he was a talker when I first chatted yeah. to him. He was straight away. He said, "Yeah, I'll do that." And then I got on to him with a time. He's like, "Yeah, that's no problem." So I was thinking, this fella, he wants to talk. His voice reminds me of James Seal in work. Just that classic dub. Yeah, classic. Uh, the Liberties in and around the Liberties. It sounds like, yeah. and he would have been because he's a Rutland Avenue man, a Hatchet Grove man. So we're going to move on to our Dublin Derby versus Bowes on Saturday the 5th of September which is going to be broadcast live on Air Sport and we'll now kick off the earlier time at 2pm at Tallis Stadium which I've no idea why. Just to avoid the hooliganism between the invisible people <laughs> inside the ground. <laughs> the invisible fans, I don't know, it just makes... Some people want to try and organise events around these things which mm-hmm. has now been scuppered to a certain extent but we'll deal with it and we'll try and do something but... Uh, yeah, so that's going to be at 2pm, Tallis Stadium, and that will be one of the biggest derbies in years. So we look forward to that. We move on to the B team now, who beat Wexford 2-0 in Talla on Saturday, thanks to four half goals by Thomas Olua and Max Murphy. Yeah, so um, Sean Brennan once again, Prof, another one who has impressed. Yeah, he's getting r- rave reviews now, isn't he? Rave is, reviews. Is that, is that a loan deal? That is, as far as I know, it's a loan deal from Southampton, but this guy is supposed to be shit hot and playing really well and a uh, touch of class about them is what I've been told that was the first win of the season for the B team they're starting to kick on now um, confidence is what I'm hearing they're starting to get a bit of confidence so it's good to see and is this one of these things where results don't necessarily, ma- necessarily matter obviously it's going to be bad for morale if you keep losing but it's all about development am I right to a certain extent obviously you don't want to be bounced off of every week you don't want to finish bottom of the league no. and be embarrassed but same time, it makes no difference if you finish 4th or 5th or 6th, really. That's it, exactly. But you want to, you want to develop, you want to get these players a bit of confidence and get them into the 4th team eventually. It's so bad down there that some clubs are like are hoping Rovers finish 5th so that they can qualify for the playoffs via 6th place. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's desperate, isn't it? It's the graveyard. So Aaron Bulger is back and he started for the B team in Bray on Tuesday night and this was a 1-0 defeat, but another decent performance by the Young Hoops who were showing confidence once again. So it's good to see, and it's good to see Brandon Kavanagh get games under the belt as well, which he realistically wouldn't get in the first team. So that is what this is all about. Yeah, you can watch that game on Bray's Facebook page. Yeah, Sean Callan, uh, impressing again. And the commentary, poor old Paddy got dragged out of Hibernian and was told, here, listen, jump in there and commentate on this. But it was a fair play to them, so donated our GoFundMe as well if you did watch it. So the price of admission would do, I'd say. Did you see what jersey number Aaron Bolger has gotten? No, what did he get? My favourite gear. What's your favourite? 17? 17, 17 yeah. yeah, there we go. Previously worn by Robert's legends such as Simon Madden and uh, Joel Custrain. Yeah, Joel Custrain. Custrain. We'll, we'll have to go back and play that uh, epic moment we sang together. Purple Rain to Joel Custrain. I think we did <laughs> play that. Yeah. <laughs> So, 1st Division game versus Cove Ramblers move to Monday, 7th of September at Tallis Stadium. Kick off a quarter to eight, and that's an away fixture that we will be looking forward to at least once in the season. If When we get back to normal, of course. But a Cove Ramblers away trip would be a very nostalgic one to go back and visit, wouldn't it? 
that's just the ground I want to go to. Back to the scene like of the, where we got promoted. Like the opening game was in Longford, wasn't it? I think some people went down to that. Almost as a show of solidarity more than anything else. That's because was, the, yeah. Because the, the shit we came under at that time. But I wasn't that interested. But Cove away, that's yeah. when I wanted to go to. Definitely interested in that one, alright. Definitely take that one in. Our 17s finally returned to action to come... From 1-0 down at half time to win 2-1 in Galway, so a great result for the squad and their force came back in uh, Cuzzo's boys, isn't it? Cuzzo and Edsall? Cuzzo's 19s. Cuzzo's 19s. He was 17s. I think it's Thomas Morgan who's the 17s once again. I'm probably mixing up the coaches. Yeah, I will be slated. Edsall's in there, that's right. Yeah. Michael uh, Letty with both goals there. Michael Letty, another, uh, another great prospect. So we done welcome visitor at the academy last week as well. We had ex Rovers player and current Orla International Sheffield United left back Enda Stevens. So a lot of good memories flooding back from Enda showing up and just doing a bit with the academy. So it was great to see. And uh, the under twelves, I uh, see they won their All Ireland semi final there. So they're into the final now. Uh, who have they got, Prof? Do we know you? Oh, they'll have to check out the Academy Twitter page. No, I don't know who they have. So that's something we'll keep you updated on as well. So it's a big occasion for these young guys, these young starlets in our Roadstone project. I haven't said that in a while, have I? The Roadstone <laughs> project. So, yeah, we're uh, flying along here, and it's it's been a memorable episode this week. So, Prof, you know what we're coming up for? It's the stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out! <laughs> So what have you got this week for us, Prof? Well, this week will be Jack Byrne's 50th game for Rovers in all competitions. Mm. I like these ones. Yeah. I like landmarks. Well, here's, here's a potential landmark for you. We have scored 496 goals at Tata Stadium mm-hmm. in all competitions. I'm not saying we're going to score four against Shells. Sounds good. 4-0. That's but the scorecast. That's my tip for the week. 4-0, Rovers. We'll get into that soon. A new feature in this week's stats, uh, lovely ambience yeah. provided by uh, construction work outside. Chains on uh, poles, I was asked to move my car and everything. Yeah. In the mm. middle of our Shero interview. In the middle of the Shero interview, interrupted Did you not tell them, Gar? Northern I'm Irish talking to Tony Sheridan here. Yeah, <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> Thank God we, it only started now. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left, thankfully. So. Uh, we're unbeaten in 14 games now in competitions. So it's the last seven of 2019, the first seven this year. Okay. 11 months, although only 14 games of football in that 11 months. And uh, that's our best run under Bradzer. And it's 12 unbeaten in the league, which is also Bradzer's best. We had we had a really long run back in 2015 under Pat Fenda. Okay. That was 23 games, all competitions, 21 in the league. 18 of those were draws. Oh yeah, nil-nil draws. So it was our first league meeting with Shelburne since 2013. And uh, we won two and drew one that season. Uh, when they were relegated. And Trevor Crowdy signed three of their players off them. Remember who they were? Ooh, he took off Shells? Yep. Cornwall? Yep. From relegated team. Uh, Cornwall, Brennan? No. No. Cornwall. Oh my god. Oh, I'm putting me on the spot. Who we got? Cornwall, who else? Dean Kelly. Dean Kelly. And Bocker. And Bocker, okay. So we haven't met in Tala in any competition in seven years. Uh, there was an FEI Cup win at Talca Park in 2017. And there was a League Cup tie we won on Penos the year before that. Now that's it. And that is it for the stats this week. So we're going to move on quickly to the starting 11s and predictions. 
So once again, Prof, I have got my notes scrawled down here. And I've changed it up slightly. I've changed it up a bit. So I'm going to go Manus and go. I'm going to go Pico, Grace and Joey, which doesn't change there at all. I'm going to keep Fruja in like I spoke about. I think he can do a bit of damage on a big pitch against a team that could possibly uh, be digging in the trenches. Um, I'm going to go Marshall. I'm going to go Marshall. I think he deserves a start. I'm going to start Marshall every week until Brazzer listens to me. Yeah, I think we're going to start him on the right. I'm going to have Gary O'Neill, Finn and McAniff in the middle, right? So that's the trio. I'm going to have Finn pressing in there. He's going to be marking Deegan. Giving them the little digs in the ribs. I'm gonna have Jack and Bork. I'm gonna have Jack playing behind Bork up front. I'm gonna play Bork up top and dropping Greener. I think he needs a rest. So that is gonna be once again, it's gonna be the usual back three with Madison Go, Ferruja on the left, Marshall on the right, with Gary O'Neill, Finn, and McAniff in the middle of the park, with Jack in the ten roll, you could say, just behind Bork up front. So Bork back where he belongs up top, banging in goals. Hopefully he'll get his first hat trick for overs. There's a stat for you, prof. Ooh. He hasn't scored a hat-trick for us yet. He scored four. He scored five. He scored a brace. <laughs> he scored one, but he hasn't got a hat-trick. So give us your, your line-up there, Prof. How does it differ from uh, mine? It differs from yours in that I'm not going to drop Aaron Green, but I'm going to drop Ronald Finn because I'm playing Marshall at right-back. And I've got... So who keeps their place in the middle of the park? I've got McIniff, Gary yeah. O'Neill, Jack Byrne. So my so prediction... My, my, my only notable change, really, is I'm starting young Liam Scales. Ahead of Joey O'Brien, because I'm giving Joey a rest before Europe. So Joey, put the feet up, put the slippers on. I'm gonna save you for Europe. Wow, prof with scales. That's not a bad show actually, because scales is well capable. And um, my yeah. prediction, I'm gonna go with the four 0 and I'm gonna go with a Bork hat trick. How about that? That ties it in nicely, doesn't it? <laughs> Bork hat trick because he's never got one. And I'll say Ferruja to get off the mark. So that's a four 0 win is what I'm going for. Going for an old two 0 win. 2-0 goal in each half job is it who's going to get the goals prof goals from Berkey just going to go with you there and I'm going to say Marshall's going to chip in again he's got a nice he's got a build there in Waterford he did he's did. got a nice old, debut as well nice old foot in them there so but, uh, that, just one note uh, <laughs> nice old foot on them there <laughs> grand old foot on you just a note on um, you mentioned earlier the big kickoff podcast they actually got into a discussion about Liam Scales. Oh, very good. And they cannot understand why Liam Scales came to us. Because he's not playing games. Well, obviously the prospect of playing for Rovers and playing games is what he joined for. But I think people have short memories. He played the majority of that Dundalk game. And he, he was, was probably man the match. He was amazing in his stint last year, in his cameo roles, you could say. He was absolutely brilliant. Oh, but last year you mean the start of the year? Yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! It's that, oh yeah, because sure he came on and he marshaled the defense against Bowles. Yeah. In the rain, uh, who else was there against Dundalk when he came on? Jesus, yeah, he was absolutely brilliant. It seems like last season just shows, doesn't it? So yeah, that's um, that, that's a decent enough discussion, but once again, short memories. No, but they genuinely couldn't understand. They were like, I can't believe he's gone there. He should be thinking about leaving. No, I don't think so at all. I think he's happy and he's definitely eyeing up Joey's place because as Joey nears to retirement, let's be honest. It's been a great move for him. And yeah. he can keep fitting the B team if he needs to. Exactly. There you go. No other, no other opportunities like that. So Only 10 games left, Gary, which is nuts. It's crazy, isn't it? We've played 14 cons- competitive matches in 11 months. And now we have 10 league games left until October and a European and FEI Cup run off. 
So we know the FAI Cup will extend beyond the league, but it's just, it's not the same, is it? We know if we win that game against Cork, we're going to have a quarter final at the end of the season. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely something to look forward to. We've all heard the real, the the announcements there the last day or so. We're not even allowed 200 now games outdoors. Down, I don't even know how it's, how it's going to work. Down to 15, apparently. 15, um, so 15 outdoor at a football match, but you can have 50 inside for a mass. Yeah. And we were told yesterday for Jaden's team that the parents aren't out of the games anymore and it's behind closed doors in a public park. Just take your dog for a walk. Like, who's going to stop you from going in there? You know what I mean? Bring out fucking Rosie for a walk there and see what happens. It's beyond shambolic. It's embarrassing at this stage and the situation. Like, There's so many contradictions. It just does not make sense. We're not even going to get into it. So... That is it. You could have like I think someone said we should have a wedding during the match on the touchline. Right, who's gonna marry who? Because you're allowed fifty people then. Right, who? What's the what's the marriage of convenience here? You can say you can reply to us on Twitter at Eastern Pod. Who wants to get married? Right, props up for grabs. Friday. I'm taking. I'm not saying that. The no. prof is up for grabs. We're gonna have a GoFundMe here and an auction. <laughs> We're gonna have bidding wars on prof. Who's gonna yeah. marry him? Gender does so, not matter. So another derby girl. Uh, I don't know if you saw that article on the past program. They've they've called the the Rovers Balls Derby the Great Derby Hijack because we've dismissed. I read that article. Yeah, we've dismissed Pats as a derby. Uh, delusions of grandeur, I think you could say there is it. Well, he was having to go the Lewis Derby thing, which I think was just like part of our social media promotion yeah. for a year or two. I don't think I don't know how many people actually caught it. That I but think there's such thing as small man syndrome. I think this is small club syndrome. <laughs> Oh, they like that. That was good. <laughs> like, I, I see Shells as a bigger game. Like, it doesn't matter where they are in terms of winning things, or it always feels like the second biggest Dublin derby. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, even if they were in the first division and passed her at the top of the table, I'd be like, oh, Shells, second biggest game. Believe it or not, I'd probably look forward to Sligo more than Pats because their hatred for us is just unprecedented. So. I think that's a little bit more edgier than there and you've got the away trip and things like that whereas Pats are just like oh I have to go with the car you know so it's it's uh, it's a non-event really mm. so uh, I think that's it from today Prof that's it we won't see it in the stands we'll see it in the streams and that is it so keep on hooping see ya Oh, 
Scottish master he waits, but the bus is inside, drinking wine. 